Welcome to Every Step Podcast. I'm Christina Weston. And I'm Judith Beck. Every Step is the podcast where career and life meet. Welcome to season two of Every Step. How was Christmas, Judith? Oh my God, it went by so quick. I just I just can't believe that it's February already. This is crazy. I know. I think I need a holiday from my holiday. I'm actually quite exhausted. We've had uh, revolving doors and there was a new term I learned. I'm hot cheating when guests are leaving as the new guests are turning up. So we had so many family comings and goings that I think I need a holiday from my holiday. You actually do because when you have guests, you, you, you're really on all the time. Even though you're, they're your best friends and you've known them for a long time, you still got to be a host. And exactly. you got to be on all the time. So it's <laughs> Hey, I am loving this new format. So for yeah. the audience listening, you notice that we don't have video. And there's a reason because Christina and I don't want to do our hair and makeup. <laughs> Absolutely. I'm done. I'm done with having to do all of that. I just want to be real and just have real conversations and... Uh, <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, we said this new format this year, it's like a radio show. This is this is where we're going. We'd love to know people's feedback, uh, what they think, but we want it to be current. We want it to be now and happening now. So each of these episodes that we're doing, we're, we're um, streaming the week that it's that we um, that it happens so that we can talk about current events. And can I tell you, there's been a lot happening. There's been a lot over Christmas. Yeah. Wow. So, so much, quite quite surprising, really. Um, and there's been quite a few juicy little topics that have certainly gone under my goat. I don't know about you, but some oh, things really riled me up. I can tell you, I can tell you, it, it, there's sometimes you kind of go, don't let those stress levels, you know, get to you. Don't let it get to you, <laughs> that type of thing. Um, so we've got so many subjects to talk <laughs> about today, but I just wanted to mention one other thing. Today, Christine and I are talking. And um, but in the future, we're going to have we have pop in experts. So um, people who we've got about 20 people on our panel and they're going to pop in every so often to have a chat to us about different subjects. But for today, yeah. we're just we're just going to let it go. And shoot the breeze, <laughs> shoot the breeze and give people a perspective on our perspective. <laughs> exactly. And speaking of things that gets your blood boiling. I got to tell you, this Channel 9 thing with um, Adobe mm. uh, and Georgie Purcell. I don't, for, so for those of you that don't know and for those of you that are overseas, because we do have a lot of listeners overseas, um, Georgie Purcell is an MP. And Channel 9 did a story on her that showed a picture of her in a white dress. Now, that's not the drama and that's not the issue. What the issue is, they in their wisdom thought that it would be a good idea to put her in a white, leave her in the white dress, but crop the dress to a midriff, increase the size of her breast and whiten her skin. Now, well, I didn't hear about the whitened skin. Uh, bit yeah, when you look at the pictures, when you look at the pictures mm -hmm. side by side, her skin is a lot whiter rather than being 10, why on earth anybody would think that that is a good idea? And it's just disgusting in my view, but also um, there was an uproar, rightly so. And and um, 
Channel 9 said, oh, but that was AI. Let me just let me just read you something from the Australian because I think this summarizes things particularly well. And I think what there's a there's a few issues here. One is what's happened, but the other issue is culturally there's no responsibility being taken for the the human action that took place to make that happen. But let me just read you something from the Australian. Nine News is in dispute with international technology giant Adobe over the doctored image of Victorian animal justice MP Georgie Purcell, which resulted in the politician declared declaring she was given enlarged boobs and revealing and a revealing outfit in an image that aired on TV. Nine News Melbourne director of News, Hugh Nayland, is standing by his comments that the image was the result of automation by Photoshop. Despite Adobe, who owns Photoshop, saying human intervention and approval was required. Now, the issue here for me, from a leadership perspective, is why is the senior director doubling down and saying, AI did it, it wasn't me? Let me tell you, I'm I'm a novice user of some of these AI tools, and I have actually used them myself to generate photos and images that we can use. They're great tools but they require human intervention. And I'm really curious what's going on culturally that people feel like they have to double down on, um, do I call it a lie? Maybe it's not a lie. Maybe it's misinformation. What is going on culturally? Well, you know what? I mean, you've got a lot more tech experience than I do. And even I went called out BS because I thought to myself, no, you've got a prompt. You've got to prompt the AI to tell them. And you would have had to have at least said something like um, make her look sexy or make her look better or something. You'd have to prompt the AI to to, uh, mess with that picture. So that's one. But two, someone's got to approve approve the story. Correct. Where's the editorial oversight? Like a human would have had to have looked at that at some stage and said, okay, there's something wrong with this and made that decision. And and frankly, that person should be held to count. Why, why do we feel the need that we have to continually change people's images, make them look better, make them, especially women, you don't see, this wouldn't have been a man. They, I mean, the, the reality is I can't see them saying, make his shoulders wider, give him more muscles. Give him a six pack. <laughs> give him a six pack. I can't see them doing that. So so um, who's been held accountable for that? And, and literally, I'm glad there has been an uproar because um, it's not acceptable and it should never happen again. It's not acceptable and it shouldn't happen again. But I think the the other leadership issue here, so I guess there's there's that issue is it shouldn't happen. But there's this leadership issue of doubling down on something. And and this doubling down happened in the Woolworths. This is another Australian scenario here where um, Woolworths said they're not going to promote Australia Day um, paraphernalia in their shops. That had enormous backlash from a large member, large sector of their um, customer base. And the the leadership team came out and said something along the lines of, oh, well, you know, we're going to support other cultural days, but Australia Day, from what I understand, was what they were saying. Australia Day isn't a big food event. Now, I'm sorry. (laughs) Who comes up with that kind of BS? Anytime, Uh, Anytime people get together is a food event. 
So there's this, there seems to be this really weird thing going on at the moment where leaders are making up stories, let's say, to try and backpedal. But why is that happening? Why is that happening? Why can't they just say, I'm sorry, we got it wrong? Absolutely. Uh, I'm telling you, talking about blood boiling, this this situation made my blood boil more than anything so far this year. And I'm supposed to be calming down in the new year <laughs> instead, of having, instead of having all these things uh, raising my stress levels. This is not helping me, right? Um, because, you know, you look at this and you kind of go, I think back when, you know, when I had my businesses and I'm thinking, before when Australia Day rolled around, forget about the date. Look at the date. I'm forget about, about the date. The date. And I don't want to get into the politics of the date because I think no, that's I a whole different conversation. The, change the date or give some solutions, but quit bitching about it every single year. Do something about it. Let's change it. Make everybody happy if that's the situation. But if it is the date, then celebrate it. So every year, when when celebrate and and commiserate as well. You can have the respectful um uh uh events and you can also have the celebration of unity and bringing and those things aren't mutually exclusive they right? aren't mutually exclusive and i can remember though as a business we put the flags out at the reception and everything before australia day which i'm sure every country would you'd have bastille day you'd have independence day you'd have all the different um events around the world but you see around the world too that that the minority is actually so loud that the, the majority are afraid afraid to put their flags out. And this is what happened, I think, to Woolworths. And exactly. So they go. But what cracked me up is that, you know, um, I saw the CEO on TV and he was saying, you know, where it's all about food and we're gonna, we've got all these specials that we're going to have and blah, blah, blah. Every single commercial I saw after that was a commercial on selling Bonds underwear. Um, and, I, and, then it said, and then it said the fresh food people. <laughs> I'm going, oh, that 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 makes sense. And you know, it's <laughs> like going, what is going on? Like if you're the fresh food people, sell food. Focus on that. Don't get political. And you know you can cel celebrate. So this it. is a really interesting. This is a really interesting conversation, Judith. At what point do companies get involved in politics, and at what point do they stay out? You know, there's there's been some really interesting track history with organisations that have actually got involved in politics, and they've they've actually. Um, change things for the better. So there have been some things that have happened and the shareholders have gone to major companies and have said, we don't like XYZ practice. And if you continue XYZ practice, we're gonna, we're gonna take our super fund monies, we're gonna take our shares away. And I think there's some really good stuff that corporations can do in terms of um, making us all more accountable and and you know better corporate citizens and, and better people in the world. But this one seems a little bit it seems a little bit different, doesn't it? And yeah, it does. Yeah, it does. It, and and you know, and it, there it does need to be a conversation. And we have a conversation about it every year. And also, too, one of the things that I notice is that the um, the facts about the day are all over the place. And I'm not going to get into that today. But I've read so many different things, and people 
have views about who was involved, what's involved, what day it was, what, you know, what was required, all the different things. And it's like, not once, not once did I see a politician or anybody come on TV and say, this is what happened January 26th. And Do you know what happened? Why we have it Captain on Arthur Philip raised a flag is what happened. But right. the, other thing, the other thing that happened was it was, now let me just get to that exact bit of information so I actually quote it correctly. But you're right, Judith, there's a huge amount of misinformation that's going on and it's leading the story. It's like it's it's we're surrounded by fake news and people are buying into all of this fake news and it's really frustrating so the 26th of January is the day that Australians receive their citizenship, the day which celebrates the implementation of the Nationality and Citizenship Act of 1948, when we all became Australians in our own right, an act giving freedom and protection to all Australians, old and new, the right to live under the protection of Australian law as a united nation. That's the symbolism of the 26th of January. Apart from the okay, fact can that I ask raised a the flag on that day. Can I ask a question? Because I don't know the answer to this, and it might not be in that article. On that date, did it also include citizenship for the First Nations people? I think it included, um, it included, yes, it did, because the relevance of the January 26th is when the National Citizenship Act was proclaimed. This was the first day we welcomed all Australians. Before that, all citizens, including Aboriginal people born before 1921, were called British subjects. Right, okay. The, um... So it's, it's an all-inclusive thing. But, you know, the narrative, and look, there's a, there's a whole bunch of complexity here. I don't think we're saying that our First Nations people aren't troubled and don't have issues and we and there are certainly there's an enormous amount that needs to be done there's a there's a lot of stuff that's gone that's been mismanaged handled poorly there's a lot of challenges that need to be addressed but why can't we be proud to be Australian yeah I, I agree and but I also say I also think that the people that you that I feel I feel that I want to listen to um about this are the First Nation people. The problem with it is that there's a divide there as well. Yeah. So on TV, I heard First Nation people saying we should be celebrating this day. This is let's move on, you know, and then I've heard other First Nation people uh, protesting it. So it, it's divided within the First Nations people as well as. Everyone. So I think I think what I'm kind of noticing is that we seem to be divided. There's just a whole energy of division it's pitching people against people it's pitching cultures against cultures mm -hmm. nationalities against nationalities religions against religions yeah. we've seen a whole bunch of stuff happening as a result of the wars that are going on and it's, it's happening all over the world divisiveness and it's not it's not good for businesses it's not good for communities it's not good for workplaces because we're all buying into this division and, you know, the only people that are winning are the people that are pushing the divisiveness to try and get us riled up so they can come in and do whatever their own agenda is. Exactly. Um, well, you know, the Queen's birthday was never on the Queen's birthday. Yeah. That wasn't on her real birthday. So why can't we just pick a date that nothing happened? <laughs> i, I got to tell you, I don't think it matters what date. 
We do. Yeah, because probably I think there'll not. always be there'll always be people that'll march against whatever injustice. There'll always be people that'll be march and use divisive language. Um, and don't do it. And don't do it in a way like to me. I, if you're going to protest something, it should be in a peaceful way of conversation. Um, now, there's a story, another story that was in Melbourne, where this couple in their 60s got pulled over. Um, uh, the man, the husband, because he had two Australian flags in his hat. This was in the CBD and he got pulled over and he was going to be arrested for inciting violence because he was standing out of the, he was standing outside a store waiting for his wife who was in a clothes shop. And there was a, a crowd of protesters coming down the, um, coming down the street. And so the, the policeman, whoever it was said, this is a story that's, all over the news, um, uh, said that he, he was inside. He goes, I'm waiting for my wife. It's Australia Day. It's Australia Day. And he didn't believe that he was waiting for his wife. He thought he was inciting these protesters to, to be coming down the street. So he made him go into the shop to find the wife, to validate it. And then he told him, then he asked him, well, where are you going? This guy, this guy and his wife have been interviewed on TV. And then he asked, where are you going? He goes, well, we're going to South Bank. He goes, well, take the flags out of your hat. Imagine on Australia Day telling people they can't have the flag out because they're inciting violence. I mean, I I just, I, I think the thing is, is that we're giving in too much to minority groups and 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 hardcore activists who aren't probably even part of the groups. So let's bring this back to corporate. Let's bring this back to, to corporate stuff because I think this is the ultimate, this is exactly what's going on in terms of this collision of life meets work and life meets life meets business. And I think you're absolutely right, Judith. I think, and I think this is this is symptomatic of what some of the the news stories that we've talked about, some of the leaders have actually bought into. They've they've kind of listened to the narrative of the minority or they've been persuaded by their own perspective and they've let their own perspective rather than the wider corporate perspective or the majority of their shareholders' perspective. They've actually bought into a very narrow perspective and turned themselves inside out, upside down, made up narratives, whatever they've done, to try and, I don't know, to try and do what I'm not sure, but it's it's backfiring, isn't it? Well, it's interesting that you say that because um, uh, a friend of mine said that at Christmas time, when they were putting up the decorations in their office, that somebody objected to putting the Christmas tree up because it might offend some of the groups, and that person wasn't part of the groups. And so she said, "Well, no, we're putting the Christmas tree up because we celebrate all the other holidays as well." Let's um, we're not, we can celebrate everything. Like seriously, this is not about demonizing one everything. celebration over another. Like absolutely. And they ended up putting it up. But that was a perfect example of someone thinking that someone's going to be offended when they're not. Have you know? we become a little too um woke? <laughs> is that the right expression these days? Well, I think the my I think the majority of people now, because what happens. Minority will peak, peak up and they'll really upset majority and then they'll start to speak up. There's a there's a guy by the name of Ben Shapiro, who's a, a conservative content creator on YouTube. And um, he 
He's got the number one rap video song on iTunes right now. It's number one on the chart ahead of Nicki Minaj. And it's all about the, the you know, having a voice and not being woke. And this is what happened. And it like, he's not even a singer. <laughs> but it was, it's a great, it's a good example of people going. And if you listen to the words, you know, the words are, I don't know all the words to it, but I listened to it once. And it's about knowing the facts and we're not going yeah. woke. So don't what, stop what telling leaders, us what to do. What do leaders need to do? What do we leaders and executives need to, to take out of this? right? Because it's happening and everybody's succumbing to peer group pressure and everybody wants to be loved and no one wants to upset anybody. Like at, at some point, leaders have to make decisions for the ultimately the majority of shareholders, the majority of their, their employees. And that's not to say that they're disrespectful to the other voices. You've got to always be respectful of the other voices in the room. But there's, you know, there's a point where leaders have to absorb this information and make clear decisions. Absolutely. You know, that that actually brings me to something I read the other day on LinkedIn. And that was, do professionals need to go to charm school? Because- <laughs> <laughs> uh- charm uh-huh. school, I think charm school is another, another, another issue again. It's like. It's know, another it's like- issue, but it's kind of like. How much does the employer need to do? The employer has, you know, they have a product or a service and they hire people to, are you, if you continually let every political issue um, get into your workplace, it's going to divert, like you need to be inclusive, yes. You need to be, you know, you, you have sensitive, opportunity yes. and you need to be sensitive, but I didn't know, like when I had ran my business, I had no idea what religions um, or what football teams or what, you know, uh, memberships or any of those things that the employees, my employees were, unless they told me, unless it was like, I need this time off for um, uh, Greek Easter. Yep, no problem. I need, But it wasn't an issue. Like we didn't have to. You've got to be, I think you have to be guided by your employees. You know, you have to have an open line of conversation because um, you do employees stay at companies that that care about them. So there has to be an open line of communication. Absolutely. But, but some people don't want to bring everything from home to work. They don't want, and this whole thing about charm school, no, go on, let me get, like, seriously, are, are we not that was hunting? such a divisive issue on LinkedIn. You all the all the different stories that came out on that, and it was a really, really, really some really interesting perspectives about this whole notion of of charm school. Are we not hiring adults? Do I have do I have to spend corporate dollars to send my employees to charm school? I mean, if someone okay. That didn't, didn't mommy teach you manners? <laughs> yeah, didn't mommy teach you manners? That doesn't mean, I mean, I want if I'm an employer, I want to spend money to send my employees on courses to help them improve their sales skills or to improve a technical help that in skill levels. But um, that's different. That's yeah. different than um, whether or not they, I have to teach them to get to the office on time or not to, to type why people are, text or um uh, in a type your um 
type on your computer while people are talking in a meeting. Those types of things is what they're talking about. I mean, if you have to continually um, train people to do that, you've got the wrong people. Yeah, I, mean, I, think, I think there's a bunch of issues here. I think I think fundamentally hire people with decent manners and empathy and sensitivity and and, a, and some social awareness. But there, there is this thing, and you and I have talked about this before, Judith, where um, because of COVID and because people didn't have exposure in office, in office circumstances, and especially the graduates coming through and some of the, the younger ones coming through, they haven't had the the learning by osmosis by watching and modeling role behavior of other senior executives and i think that has contributed a little bit to it so we can you know we can kind of carry on and slam it and and you know mummy should have taught you some mummy and daddy should have taught you some manners or grandma or whoever it was that was your you know your carer should have taught you some manners yeah but there are there are some subtleties and and you know it's like we you know we were all we didn't have COVID when we went through the early days of our career clearly so we had a lot of learning by osmosis but we still had to you know those of us that were in sales roles or whatever we still went to sales training programs to learn how to do better sales training we've all gone to leadership programs to learn how to listen and active listen and you know so there are some fundamental skills and I just wonder we're all kind of riling up against our oh, etiquette but are we riling up against the fact that it's called etiquette training or or if it was called something else we wouldn't be so you know we wouldn't be so upset about it or is it oh, you make we just need, do we need some yeah. of these other you know yeah we still need some good. of these skills and 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 I, you know, I think forty percent. I can't remember what the current stats are on the on the LinkedIn. There was a bit of a survey going on, and I think forty percent or something of executives said, "Let me just see if I can find it." Um, said that they thought it was still, you know, it was um, that people should uh, that they think it's a good idea to to send their people to a refresher on etiquette. You know what? You're right. You're, you you make a really good point. Um, probably because they called it etiquette. You kind of think, oh Jesus, do, they, do we we have to be um, training adults for etiquette? Yeah. But the younger ones coming in, and if they have started their career uh, under the COVID banner, I think personally these courses should be an in-house course of what to of what the company should expect of their employees. In other words, these are the things that we expect of you. Um, Here are our values. This is what we stand for. This is what's appropriate behavior. This is what's not appropriate behavior. That's exactly right. Because there was another there was another um, story on there about Gen Zers not wanting to um, uh, not wanting to pick up the phone. Basically, so nearly sixty percent of Gen Zers dread making or accepting a call even if it's necessary, and says it makes them anxious, according to a study. Suck it up, sweetheart. (laughs) Like, okay, why? And and that's because, now, okay, so that, I think, in a situation, because the young ones, unfortunately, they did not teach them that in high school, or they probably didn't teach them that at university, because maybe they took some other courses. So maybe you do need to give them a course on phone skills and well um, no it's called human interaction skills human interaction take those phones away from them and get that conversation going so they know how to speak to people 
And if you're listening to this and you're in that uh, demographic, if you want to excel in business, you have got to be a good communicator. You might, be, you might be able to stay where you are and and work behind the scenes and do all that. But if you want to excel into a management role or have your own business one day, you have to know how to communicate directly with people, influence them, negotiate with them, close the sale, all those things. It does not matter what industry you in, are in, it applies to everyone. So start speaking to people, start getting out there. Um, there's a few people on LinkedIn who promote coffee meetings. And I always think that's a, a good idea. And they have, um, you know, you should have three coffee meetings a week, or you should have, there's a few of them out there that do this. And I mean, that's something that you and I did all the time anyway, Christina, because, you know, that was our goal um, when we were um, climbing the climbing the ladder. Um, interpersonal to- skills, interpersonal skills are what is, is are the skills that are going to make or break you as a leader, you can have the best domain competency in the world, but if you don't have those interpersonal and intrapersonal in terms of understanding yourself as well as understanding others, as well as having those communication skills, you will not progress in your career. You will not, you will not rise into leadership positions. No, no, you will not. And um, that is so important. So having conversation with people at different levels, like, you know, connect with somebody on LinkedIn and say, let's make it, you know, can we, can, can I have a coffee to do to find out what you do and that time? And they could be more senior and that's good because then it forces you to have a conversation with someone who's more experienced than you are. And practice and, uh, those skills, practice. which is great advice, Judith. Uh, you know, you got it. You got to get out there. And so that, that article did not surprise me. That didn't surprise me because I think the communication levels right now, you know, are really, really. And you we've, know, I've we've certainly even, lost something. We've certainly. Well, I've even something. said to you. I've even said to you when you've sent me texts and stuff like that. <laughs> I've said, "Can we talk about it, please?" Can we talk about this verbally because it doesn't ever come across the same way on a text. And and you know. The only way you're going to know and have a good conversation is verbally. You can confirm things in a text and things like that, but if and you're you going to have a, a good conversation, pick up the phone. Exactly. And you know what? We all find these conversations challenging. We all get butterflies in the stomach or a little bit of a churn or whatever when we're having to have a challenging conversation. But you've got to work through that. You've got to hear it, listen to it, acknowledge it, and do it anyway. Absolutely. And anyway, On that note, everybody, we will see you next time. Hey, wait a minute, Christina. One thing before you go, because we were going to talk about the um, the story about the, this was on LinkedIn, that the AI girlfriend is making more money than most CEOs. So we won't forget that subject. We'll talk about that next time. Great idea. Thanks, Judith. Okay, thanks. Bye, everyone. Bye. For more information about every step and our guests, head to everysteppodcast.com. To be notified of new podcasts, please subscribe via your favorite listening platform. And of course, follow us on social media and direct message us to share your ideas about guests or topics.